what's up? Welcome to These Amazing Places. This is show number 53 for the week of April 27th. This is Adam here with Doug, and we're back in the studio this week for another great show. Welcome back, everybody. I've got, uh, as per usual here, I've got uh, some contact information. You can, as usual, you can contact us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can also follow us and follow what we're doing and add some things into our Flickr group. Uh, you can look at pictures on there if you wish, or you can also add pictures in of things that you're doing into our, uh, into our group section on Flickr. Uh, let's see here. You can also contact us through our contact page on the website. That is theseamazingplaces.com. Uh, you can email us at uh, podcast at theseamazingplaces.com. Or you can call us at 1-641-715-3900. And that's extension 53056. And, and as we always say, if you leave us a voicemail, uh, we may play it on the show. And the uh, one was just the... Uh yeah, that Long was. Distance. Yeah, Unfortunately, that was we haven't gotten to the 800 number yet. Considering this is free voicemail line right now, uh, maybe someday we'll get to the 800 and we'll get some more calls in. But yeah, we'll get there. I do want to say don't uh, don't expect that we're gonna always play whatever. If you want to just leave us some comments on the voicemail, we're not gonna play that live. If you just want to say hey, we like the show, or you, you know, can change we're always this about looking the for show. comments too yes. on uh, uh, reviews on uh, iTunes. iTunes is always. I haven't said yes. that in a little while, so. But anyway, okay, so this week we are once again back in Buckeye Lake, Ohio. Last week we were there live, if you listened to the show, and heard us uh, give some audio from a DVD that was in the museum. This week we're continuing uh, that progress, and it's mainly this week focusing on the music par- amusement park that used to be there. Uh, back in, started in 1901, and uh, on from there, closed in about 1970. But we will discuss that further and give some more information. Along the way, we're also going to kind of reiterate uh, what we're about in our show and our mission just because we're a year. And uh, yeah, it should be a fun trip with some fun audio from a DVD. And here we go. All right. So before we begin, we just kind of want to say our what what is these amazing places and what are we doing here and this week we've covered shows like this before we're focusing more on the historical aspect of what used to be in Buckeye Lake but on top of that it is still a present-day place where you can come and visit and we like to cover those kinds of places because these amazing places are places not only are they we've covered Disney a lot and there's a lot to cover in Disney and give you information but we like to get those out-of-way places that people don't necessarily hear of, and they may be in the area, and they may want to go check it out. And, and we kind of like to, you know, I guess we've kind of made it a mission of ours, too, to, to keep the small places alive. Um, just because they aren't, as you'll hear throughout the show, uh, booming like they were at one time. There are still people that live there, and they are still a uh, nice place to go to. Uh, a lot of places that uh, many people think are just forgotten about still exist. Uh, they're just not in the big sense anymore. And so a lot of times we like to go back in and kind of uh, go back in through and kind of remind people about those those places. And considering when we're at our year, and we've done this for a year now, I want to say just a quick note to the fact that along our journey, we've found people along these places that are very intrigued that we're at their place. Like, for example, Jamie here at the uh, Buckeye Lake Museum, she was very interested that we were there 
covering her because uh, we just went to visit because we wanted to visit. We didn't call her ahead of time, but she was more than willing to give us. She gave us a free DVD. Uh, she gave us some inf information just talking about things, and she was excited that we were on the internet and that we could broadcast this just for anyone to just come and check out. Because after all, she is a nonprofit. She relies on donations. They don't survive the museum doesn't survive without donations so right um but uh, things like that is why we like to cover the podcast because i mean it's the interesting side yeah i mean i really believe you know everybody knows about mount rushmore and the grand canyon and disney and and that doesn't mean as we said way back in the beginning that doesn't mean that we don't know about those places and we don't enjoy going there and we're not going to bring them to you but we're also not going to forget about the places that are kind of off the beaten path and so we're going to continue to try to dig those up and bring them to you whenever we can. So the, these recent shows here are uh, just a little example of that. And if you have any comments about any of those things or if you have any places you think we should visit that are like that, feel free to give us a call, leave a voicemail, email us, and all that information is on our website. All right, great. So we're back in the Buckeye Lake Museum uh, in Ohio, and last week we were there live on on site in the present day lake, uh, and we went to the museum, but we hadn't really discussed our thoughts. So, Doug, what was your thoughts of the museum in general? I thought it was well put together, actually, for something that's done uh, really through donations, uh, and it's kind of tucked back in, uh, out of the way. Um, I thought it was really professionally put together. I thought that Jamie was extremely nice. Um, she is what you would expect though when you go into the small town. Yeah. So, which is what we were hoping that we would get. Um, so, yeah, I thought she, as far as the organization of the museum, holy cow, you know, it's kind of like there were there were so many things tucked into so many different corners. You could spend a long time in there. Yeah. Uh, just going through things. I mean, we found drawers drawers of stuff mm -hmm. that were blueprints and we talked about that a little bit on the last show but there were drawers actually stuck back into this one area and you could it seemed like you had access to anything you wanted yeah you could open the drawers pull out the blueprints look at things uh there were uh, little cabinets of just the smallest little detailed things and you could go through and it's funny too because if if you if you had jamie out there with you she could explain to you stories about you know every one of these things in the cabinets and and kind of how they fit into the museum yeah i i completely agree with you I, and once again we are audio we do audio here but the visual aspect of all the little knickknack and artifacts that they had and how they had been restored to the point where you could still see what they were like in the day and of course all the pictures were pretty nice to see yeah. too because I remember you going in there and you're having questions like, okay, we've heard of this roller coaster, but what was it like? And then we find out, oh, it really was on the water and yep. things like that. So it's well, like... Well, some of these, like I said, I had memories, I thought, but I was, I was very young at the time. So I had memories of, of some of the rides that were out there and it had to be to the very end of the park. But she kind of... Uh, uh, solidified those memories for me. She and then all of a sudden I would see a picture of them and it brought everything right back to me, which is exactly what I was wanting. You know, I didn't want to look up a lot of stuff and everything before we headed into the museum to kind of put the two plus two thing together. You know, I had the one two and when we walked in there she kinda of gave me the addition to everything and yeah. So that was exactly what I was looking for. The nice thing too is if you go there, the uh the museum's up the street from the lake 
a little bit up the street and around the corner. And so it is very kind of quaint. But as soon as you walk out of there and you walk up the street, it's like you're in a whole other place. Yeah. When you get near the lake, all of a sudden, That's it's like true. you're by seaside. Yeah. And it was warm. It was a nice day when we were there, sunny and everything. And uh, I remember the wind just blowing off the lake and thinking, wow, this is nice with, yeah. the, with the cottages. With the places that you can actually you know, stay in and everything around in there, I have, and seeing the people out fishing and everything, it just felt like a whole different place all of a sudden. Yeah, and we will, we do want to cover in next week on part three of Buckeye Lake. We do want to cover the present day uh, details on if you wanted to take a vacation there, what it, you know, cottage availability and all that kind of stuff. So and food, of course, because we got to talk right. about food. Yeah, and there's <laughs> some great food. Yeah, there's some great food that has history to it. Yes. That's within this area. I mean, 100, 100 year history. So, so that's, I thought that was really kind of cool. Yeah. But we will talk about that next week. So I do want to move on though, and we'll get to the audio here next. Um, basically, this is another continuation of the audio off the DVD that you see in the museum. Um, and then again, just like we mentioned, this is auditory. You can hear it. But at the same time, the video shows all these pictures while they're talking about stuff. Uh, that goes along to show you all the historical f parts about the amusement park. Um, but I think this part is really enjoyable as far as, wow, that amusement, amusement park must have been huge back in the day. And, yeah. Um, so. It does. It shows a whole different era, mm -hmm. which I think is cool. Um, you look at it and you can see where we've kind of grown, not even just, you know, within that area, but how society has grown. And in some ways you look at it and you want to kind of get, you know, you want to harken back to the past and think, wow, should we have stayed like we were there? But time moves on. And yep. So that's kind of what's happened. And that's what I found interesting is how it was then and how time's moved on to now. Okay. So here's an audio clip from the DVD. Enjoy. The amusement park opened in 1901. In its early heyday, the amusement park served its patrons with a plethora of rides, games, food bars, and other assorted conveniences familiar to large playground areas. A roller coaster went out over Crane Lake. Fun houses provided laughter and screens. Dodgem cars careened into each other. Boats from the Dell Fisher line carried sightseers over the waters and the canals of Venice served as a classic tunnel of love. Several hotels, Summerlin Beach, just east of Millersport, had a hotel. The lakeside and the glass sprang up around the lake, serving the patrons who came to the playground of Ohio from across the eastern part of the United States. At one time, 13 hotels graced the shoreline of the lake, catering to overnight guests. Following the end of Prohibition, several popular night spots prospered at the lake, among which were the Pink Elephant, the Mayfair Room, and the Hideaway Lounge in the Lake Breeze Hotel. My Buckeye Lake story. I must have been about 13 years old when I first viewed Buckeye Lake from the air. I was in a Piper Cub being flown by my boss, E. Howard Dockwright. We were buzzing down the lake approaching east from Sellers Point. I could see the waves being left behind the boats as they went in all directions on this beautiful summer day. We flew past the lovely homes along the north bank and there 
Dead ahead was Bug Eye Lake Park, my whole world at that time. We circled over the drugstore that Doc owned and who now employed me as a clerk, selling souvenirs of all kinds, including shell lamps and Indian turquoise jewelry, sunglasses, drug supplies, and hundreds of other items marked Buckeye Lake, Ohio, the playground of Ohio. He banked the plane over the park and flew past the beautiful crystal pool, a 100 by 200 foot swimming pool of pure water ruled over by Mrs. Ida Fletcher. I could see the kids splashing in the water as Doc flew the plane toward Fairfield Beach before climbing to make a return trip. This time the roller coaster, the famous Dips, was about to make the drop on the very first hill. I could spot people in the first row of cars with their hands held high in the air, defying gravity to throw them from the seat. He flew the plane over the park again and I could see the midway, the parking lot full of cars and people walking along the waterfront. It must have been at this moment in time that I knew that Buckeye Lake would always be a very special place for me. The first day it was open was always on Decoration Day. You would head out to Buckeye Lake from Columbus and it would be bumper to bumper traffic. It was the hottest place in the Midwest. Sheer bedlam, <laughs> but joyous bedlam, you know, it was, it was real exciting. Wall to wall people, you couldn't hardly get through the park. To get through, you'd really have to walk over people to get Definitely the hottest place in the Midwest. I came out to the lake as a five-year-old, and I came out to the lake as a 25-year-old. Cars parked all up and down the road, all the traffic and people, you know, it was real congestion, bumper to bumper, inside, you know, on foot, shoulder to shoulder, I guess I should You got say. to the end of that line, it would take you probably be the better part of an hour to get into the parking lot. And the closer you got, the harder your heart pounded. I mean, Buckeye Lake was exciting. It was electric. Buckeye Lake scene was just happening then, really happening as much as anything in the country at the time. It was phenomenal. It was absolutely greatest years of my life. But there wasn't anybody from two to 92 that couldn't find something to enjoy at Buckeye Lake. The best marketing things they did out here was we had what they called a free act. And it was every night at 8.30 and 11. They had about anything you can think of. Some of the famous, uh, the, the tight water act that you heard about not too long ago. Uh, Wallenders, I think his name was. So they played Buckeye Lake. Uh, and uh, they had a free act to put on two shows a night. One at 8.30 and one at 11. Sure, I'd be glad to. Uh, in my youth at the amusement park, we used to have a uh, a free act that was a feature every weekend at the park and it was held in the center of the amusement park where there was a beautiful landscaped area uh, that we called the little park. The uh, miniature golf course was located there and all of the kiddie rides there were about 12 of those and that's where the acrobats would perform. Um, it was called a free act because it was just that free and there would always be a trapeze set up in preparation for that, those kinds of things which went on frequently. Um, and uh, one of the featured attractions was a man called Selden, the Stratosphere Man. And his act was different from the others in that he climbed the large flagpole that we had there in the center of the park. 
and he had to shimmy up because there were no steps. And he was very muscular, as most of those kinds of athletes are. So uh, arriving at the top, there was a ball up there, a plain round ball that seemed to be about the size of a basketball from the ground. He would do a handstand on top of that ball and stand there perfectly vertically for a long time. And then the crowd would begin to wonder, well, what's he going to do up there? Just stand there, and then he would begin to sway that pole back and forth very slowly. He would bend it and bend it and further and further and further he would go until you would sway. Everyone thought, everyone, the audience was just gasping in amazement. Well, how can he do that? Standing perfectly erect on his hands all, these time, all this time. And finally, he had that pole bending over that everyone surely thought, or sh uh, thought that it surely would break, uh, but it never did, at least not here. So it was an amazing act. And then he would let it recede gradually, just as he had taken it over to the extreme curvature until he stood perfectly still again at the top. Now, of course, all that must have taken a lot of strength because he was up there for a long time. Then down he come and took his bows. That was his act. Well, he traveled all over the country with that act, and I understand that at some park somewhere, he was doing the same thing, and the inevitable happened. The pole snapped, and he fell to his death. But it was an amazing act, and we all enjoyed it. <laughs> but they had the Miss Central Ohio uh, pageant at Buckeye Lake, too, which was our Miss America in Ohio. It was great. It was a big thing, very big. A lot of people were there. I dated a girl that was in that pageant. I can remember we had to walk around, and I think we walked through the middle. Some, they had it fixed some way, and, and it was just huge. It was really big. The girls were all in uh, real decent bathing suits, if you can tell by looking at the pictures. She didn't win, I dumped her. <laughs> no. <laughs> the uh, pre-act was 8.30. So during the pre-act time, we weren't busy in the restaurant, and the owner let us go over there and ride the first ride on the roller coaster. could take in like $5,000 a day, which would be unheard of. I mean, now it'd probably be 100,000. Great block. And it was just a sound every Buckeye Lake knew, or be, knew because it would go click, 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 and make that And as a child, as I can remember too. laying in my bed late at night and hearing the click, 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 click of that roller coaster. And I could lay in bed at night, hear the dips, and I could hear both, the, if there was a band in the As soon as that clicking sound stopped, the screams would start. So we would, you know, we'd just know that if you're laying home in bed at midnight, you knew what was coming after the clicking sound. I was there the night that it crashed. And what happened was uh, the gear pulling the boat, or pulling the, the car clear to the top of the hill, it broke. And, and it was supposed to be automatically stop it, but it didn't. And the, the dips came back down the hill back into the station where you got on at a tremendous speed, came in on its side and just scraping people along the wall and um, crashed there. Two main things at Buckeye Lake Park were the dance halls. And the Crystal Dance Hall was down in the main Carlin Park. And the Pier Dance Hall was clear at the other end of the, of the park area. You had to come out and enjoy the bands and you had them all. You had the Dorsey Brothers, you had Ray Anthony, you had Glenn Miller, you had Benny Goodman, you had... Like Gene Krupa, Bob Crosby, Guy Lombardo, some of the big name bands of that era. I did meet Harry James once, but that was just uh, 
because he used to come to my mother's restaurant when he played the crystal ballroom. All the big, they had the crystal ballroom and the pier ballroom. And Gene usually played it, they, they switched back and forth. But uh, Tommy Dorsey might be down the street or Harry James might be down the street and Woody Herman might be, one would be at the crystal, one would be at the pier. And uh, it was just phenomenal. The bands in those days either had a tuxedo on or a white dinner jacket or at the very least a beautiful impeccable suit and tie. They dressed the part. Of course, whichever one had the biggest name band, that's where the biggest crowd went that particular night. Jimmy Dorsey, Tommy Dorsey, Benny Goodman, you know, I saw just about every band. It, it was just phenomenal. It was, it was absolutely phenomenal, you know. I mean, you could go anywhere in the country and you wouldn't get any better than what you got at Buckeye Lake because they had, they had the best. Anybody was anybody played at Buckeye Lake. You know? And once again, you can purchase this DVD. Actually, I didn't say that yet. You can purchase this DVD for $20, and it's basically all donated back to the museum so that they can further their uh, resources that they use there. And there but, are also uh, some books and stuff, too. Yes. On there like these there are books, and actually the, it's in the audio clip. The okay. lady who's reading the, um, the excerpt that's called My... Buckeye Lake or uh. the Buckeye Lake story or something I forget but anyway uh, that book is also available for purchase and then we also found a book that had more pictures in it and kind of gave a history of the park and then um, which we're going to get to later uh, why it why it went to demise and some of the storms that came through that destroyed some of the stuff but I do want to say before we uh, further on the amusement park um, as far as in the museum there are several pictures like we had mentioned we will put those up on Flickr There's so a ride you can vehicle. check them out Yes. It was left, the but rocket. There, there is a ride vehicle we'll that a was left. Of that. Mm -hmm. And also, there's a model of the amusement park. And Doug, you had some thoughts on yeah, that. Yeah, because when I looked at it, you know, I guess I, I thought of the amusement park as like a smaller scale, um, like, uh, I don't know, theme park, like you would see now. Not like a Disney, but more like a, well, what we fairgrounds, have close to us. Like a county fairgrounds. Yeah. Well, as mm -hmm. I looked at it, yeah, I realized, well, this is more, it was kind of like it began, I think, as a fairgrounds kind of thing. Because yeah. I could see where they had, uh, I don't know, like the dairy place and the barns of some kind. And then I think that it, it seemed like maybe it took on a life of its own that they weren't expecting. Yeah. And that's when they ended up building the uh, ballrooms mm -hmm. and the huge swimming pool. And I think, well, around, what, 1913, then the uh, Yacht Club yeah, came in. Right. I do believe it all took on a life of its own. And I think a lot of that maybe had to do with um, the, uh, was it, uh, Jamie called it the inner urban train? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So The trolley, um, train, yeah, whatever train it was. train that actually mm -hmm. came from the larger city, which is just east of us, Columbus. And, uh, and then came down through this direction. A lot of people would end up coming to the park each mm -hmm. day from that. But... But yeah, so that's, and if you looked at the model, you definitely got that idea that you could see where they had built the inner section of it. And then as it took off, 
which I don't think they, they thought was going to happen. But as it took off, the, all the outer edges became like the major stuff then, the roller coasters yeah. and the ballrooms and the swimming pools and the bumper cars mm. and the, the stuff that would take more money to, to put in place. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, and it made it its own park as opposed to going to like a county fair where typically it's just like buildings that are, you know, stick buildings that are just there to use once a year. Well, this was actual real buildings that year-round people could come in. And even and in Ohio, you know, we have a winter. Obviously, you can't be ro- riding roller coasters out in the winter. Right. But considering the acts that they brought through with those musical acts and how some of that, Which kept some the, of those musicians were amazing. Oh, yeah. And they, well, I mean, Glenn Miller and, yeah. and uh, what, Cap Calloway, Glenn Miller, um, uh, Fats Domino. I mean, the biggest acts of the time came the, through there and played. Yeah. And, and, they, and they really, I think that most of that happened during the 40s. Mm-hmm. Which seemed to be their, their, you know, that was the boon time for them. But anyway, that's perfect considering the two ballrooms during the winter. Go inside right. and see, enjoy the concerts, and I'm sure they sold food and stuff then and too. And so it kept it, yeah, kept, kept it, it alive money. during that. But and so yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah, we did have a tad of information here that it, it did actually uh, get as many as fifty thousand visitors per day. Yeah, which I can't even imagine coming into that area. Yeah. But and I think. At first, I thought, well, how in the heck would you have enough parking for 50,000 people in that area? And then I realized a lot of these people were probably showing up by train. Yeah. They probably rode the train in and and then were train, trolley car, and then left mm-hmm. at the end of the day. That's true. And so you didn't have to have a lot of parking. The trains just constantly kept bringing people in and dropping them off. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. And also, yeah, I don't know if we've said it, but the place is actually known as the Playground of Ohio. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, and so, yeah, it doesn't, I don't think that the, most of the 50,000 ever came from outside of Ohio. Most of them seem like they came right from inside of Ohio. Yeah. And there are some there are some stories and stuff that we heard about, you know, people just within our area that their families, uh, their mothers and fathers and stuff uh, would take them out there. They would rent cottages, which you can still do. Cottages, when I say cottages, they actually look like seaside homes. Right. And stuff, or lakeside homes, I guess you would say. On stilts and, they would, and stuff. Yeah, on they the would water. go there maybe and rent those for a week at a time. And so, I, you know, I'm sure a lot of that uh, built up the amount of people that were also at the at the amusement park all the time. Yeah, well, I think it's because it was centrally located is the reason it was such a huge thing. And, in fact, it makes it easy today. I mean, it's right off Interstate 70. It cuts right through the center of Ohio as you drive from east to west and or west to east. It's and, true. Uh, it is so right there. It Basically, you know, if you're traveling <laughs> from California to New York or something, you might travel through 70 to get to Pennsylvania and on through there. But, uh, yeah, it's it's right there, right off the – literally five minutes off the highway. Isn't yeah, it, it is. Even now. Yeah. I mean, even now it's mm-hmm. situated very well. That's why I think – the lakes does still does very well as far as boating and stuff like that because mm-hmm. of because it's situated so close to the highway. And I don't think you would ever know if you really knew anything about Buckeye Lake or had ever heard of it before. You wouldn't know. Hey, I'll just take this exit and there it is. So right. well, yeah. Unless now, it, unless you're into boating or fishing, right? Um, yeah, not a lot of people. Or not a lot of people even think about it that maybe, much. Maybe maybe your uh, your through your family history, they had heard about it through the acts that came right. through or something. Well, so. and that's what we're doing here. Exactly, we're trying to keep the keep the uh, keep the place, the memory, and the place alive because there are still a lot of businesses and a lot of people that still depend on people to come and uh, travel into their area and eat, as Adam and I love to do, and and yes, rent, rent places and stay on the lake and fish and do all those things that a lot of people still love to do to this day. 
just to reassure everybody, I don't weigh like 500 pounds and neither no, do you. No, neither so. do we, but, <laughs> but we still love to eat. Yes. So, yeah, we just work it off, I guess. Yep. Okay, since I just mentioned to the uh, inner urban train, uh, we actually have a little audio clip here of Jamie within the museum explaining to us a story about, uh, well, someone who came to the parks uh, over the inner urban train. After that, we're going to kind of wrap things up. The real explosion was the inner urban train. And that one's that one's that showcase right there. The train came from Columbus. It went uh, 70 miles an hour. It was 10 cents. Brought out thousands and thousands of day trippers out here. And, and where are the tracks? Where did the tracks? Run? Well, I, they came. They ran down kind of like a little off from 40 there. But in Buckeye Lake, they came in. That's why we have a four lane. On one side was the, for the train, and mm -hmm. the others. This right here is like if you would. Today, you came in on the four lane and you went straight up into straight State Park. Okay, so that was right at the edge of Buckeye Lake, the, tr the train turn there for it to turn around and come back out. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this was really the start in the early 1900s. Yeah, I was going to say, but then it, is it, was it done in 1929? Uh, yeah, kind of yeah. ended there because so, the cars. It's a ways away. I mean, the cars came. Unlikely stuff was still sitting around. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah, nothing. The only remnants would be that the highway, that's why people ask us why we have a four-lane highway coming into our little town. That's part of it's from the train. Huh. Yeah, no, there would be nothing yeah. really left of it. So you'd just be heading in and then it loops, comes back around to hit. But that was the really the big thing. People come flying out here on, on that train. Yeah. And then it went on to Hebron and to Zanesville. I have met a few people that have ridden on it. Huh. You know, come in a little bit. The last guy I talked to was like 93 or something, so I doubt if I see too many more. But, yeah, yeah he was like five years old or something, or six years old, and his parents gave him five bucks and put him on the train and sent him out to Buckeye Lake Park for the day. <laughs> he said he spent all his money on the motorboat rides. <laughs> five dollars in the 1900s and send yes. your kid out. That's a lot of money. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> they must have wanted to get rid of him pretty bad. I don't know. <laughs> Very awesome, a cool place to visit and something to check out if you're in the area or, and if you know what I, I'm gonna put this out there. If anyone doesn't know, I don't know, how to get around in Ohio or we live here. So, uh, you know, send us some information. We'll definitely respond back and give you some advice on uh, best places to go or if you're in a certain part of Ohio, uh, what to check out, so. If you just happen to be coming through and you have some time to kill, yeah, we can definitely give you some ideas of things to do. Too bad uh, Skybus isn't in. Uh, Skybus was a really cheap flight. Uh, well, we have AirTran now. We do have <laughs> AirTran, yeah. We yeah. we need to talk about those sometimes. We are yeah. a travel podcast. Well, so. If we do, yeah, we'll do some... Uh, actually, yeah, that might be a good idea even but, for people who, who are within Ohio and then I know AirTran has hubs. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's what, down in Florida, down south, basically, and then they have a major hub, I think, in Atlanta. Yeah, I don't know. To where you can fly from, you can fly to 60 different ways. Well, okay. It's but, not an AirTran yeah, podcast but here, so. Skybus anyway. used to be like that. Anyway, um, something that we will talk about in the future, but also, also uh, just to talk about next week, look forward to next week if you are interested and, in visiting Buckeye and Lake. next week we'll is going to center to more on the uh, food and stuff within the area. For sure. So, anyway, come back and uh, hang out with us again. And it's been good being with you this week. Yeah, the weather's finally 
nice here. I hope it's nice where you're at. Yeah. Well, it's still, you know, we hit the 80 degree mark here and I looked down in the Orlando forecast in Florida and they're hitting 80 degrees. So I, well, let's hope they stay that way. Hopefully it'll be a, a nice 80 degree week. <laughs> you know, the first week of June when I'm in uh, Florida, yeah. somehow I doubt that, but Hey, you know what? Stranger things have happened. That's true. And just hope there's not a hurricane there when you're there. <laughs> 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 no, yeah. we don't want to. Yeah, it'll be fun. You guys will yeah. have fun, but I also want to say, if you enjoy our show and you enjoy what we do, I know if you're a Disney fan, you may not listen to these other segments, but uh, definitely tell someone about our show. That's how we get more listeners. And in fact, we don't make anything off of this. It's just a fun thing for us and uh, kind of gives a more um, a bigger community to send in comments about the show and uh, just have some fun with have talking about travel. There we go. Everything. So. All right. Well, everybody, it's been fun. We'll catch up with you again next week. Okay, thanks. See ya. This podcast has been brought to you by theseamazingplaces.com. All rights reserved. This podcast may not be rebroadcast, edited, tweaked, stolen, pitch shifted, published, rewritten, redistributed, or otherwise changed for any reason without prior consent from theseamazingplaces.com. Unless, of course, you don't have an iPod to take with you and you need to burn a CD. After all, These Amazing Places is a 100% nonprofit podcast for anyone who wants to listen. Copyright 2008, 2009, and beyond. Oh, I got ripped off. It bounced in and out of 50. Oh, I got ripped off. <laughs>